Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. This is a transformative time for Black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girlbomb. Girlbomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girlbomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self-care. So to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girlbomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. On Theme is a production of iHeartRadio and Fairweather Friends Media. What do we want? Black stories. How do we want them? In all sizes, shapes, and forms. How long do we want them? Infinite. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we'll be talking about the stories that we like to see in 2024. And we'll talk about some of the stories that we'd like to create. Like our own little manifesting session. I'm Katie. And I'm Eves. And today's episode is New Year, New Stories. Are you a new year, new me? I am not a new year, new me person. Nothing against the people who are, you know, do you. But I typically don't do that. I usually don't set resolutions either. But I like to think that I can be new at any point that I want to be. And sometimes the world, the universe be calling me to be new before the year changes. Mm. So I got to do, I got to do what God say. Okay. (laughs) Okay, universe child. Okay. (laughs) What about you? Uh, am I a new year, new me? I, I do look at the new year as like a time like, okay, here's a time that I can make some changes. And then do I normally? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> I like how you said you can be new at any time. But I also feel I like the camaraderie of everyone trying to be new at mm-hmm. the same time. You've been in the gym with the gym girlies? I do not be in the gym. <laughs> I'd be walking outside though. Okay. And everybody and their mama be walking outside at the beginning of the year. <laughs> and then do a little dwindle, dwindle. <laughs> but I do like the the energy of, like, newness and, like, thinking ahead to the future and all that stuff. People be like, be present, be present. I don't know how to do that. All I know how to do is ruminate and plan. <laughs> present, I don't know her. Never met her. <laughs> Never been Ooh, there. We'll work on that <laughs> together. But so thinking about, like, 
the new year and things we want to see in the future, I'm thinking about like what stories I want to read, watch, listen to, and just like what I'm going to be on the lookout for. Okay, so I feel like I'm on the opposite. You say you don't know the present. When you came to me with this topic, that's what I could think about. I was like, all I know is the present. I don't know what I want. I also feel like I'm inundated with so many stories and I have so many to choose from. I have so many that are on the backlist that I have to choose from. I have so many things that I have to enjoy that are in wheelhouses that aren't in wheelhouses that I've ever touched before. So I'm like, look at all of these things. I don't even know what to say I want. Yeah, this was shockingly hard to me to think about because it's not truly not something that I typically think about. I don't know what I want until I'm in that moment. Like we were just talking about what we're going to read next. And I'm like looking through my bookshelf like, hmm, what am I feeling? Knowing I have stuff checked out on Libby already. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just like, but what am I feeling right now? Mm. What do I need in this moment? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like we're very different in that regard. Yeah. And I think it doesn't have to be like a new thing. Like even you said you have like a backlog of things that you know that you've been wanting to read. Mm -hmm. Does anything like stand out to you that you're like, okay, I want to like make sure that that gets off the backlist in the new year? So some of the things that I want to explore in the new year are stories that are centered around local and regional folklore. And that's because I do like fantasy. I like being in imagined worlds. I like world building in certain ways, but things that have really rich characters in them. And I feel like there's so much that I want to learn about the world and the people in the world and so much that I don't know. And I think that fiction centered around different um cultures, folklore, would be something that would be really enjoyable for me to explore. And I also think, too, it's like, yes, it's me learning more about Black people, but also it'll be a really good turnaround after this past year, which has been really, really real for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've also been focused on nonfiction a lot as well this year. And to go in the direction of folklore... It can be things that will still teach me lessons, maybe, that'll still have me learning things. Even if they're not lessons that are like moral text or anything like that, they'll still have me learning about different cultures and also allow me to be in fun and colorful worlds at the same time. And I think that'll be a nice balance and nothing too heady, more hearty. (laughs) (laughs) When you say folklore, are you kind of talking about like kid lit? Because that's what I think when I think folklore. I think it could be kid lit. So if it was, I would be cool with that. Like if there were folk tales or kind of like fairy tales or if they were about like around like folkloric creatures like mermaids, I would like that as well. But if it has folkloric themes and they're just set in worlds that are related to different folklores that may be more specific to a certain region or locale, then I could see those happening within adult fiction as well. Okay, I got you. Because, like, folklore, I when I think of that, I think of, like, the lessons that they mm-hmm. impart. Is there a lesson that you've learned that <laughs> could appear in folklore, like, that you could have gotten from folklore, but uh, maybe you just, like, learned that? That's a good question. Is there a lesson? Ooh, I've learned <laughs> so many lessons that I don't even know where to start. But the first one that I think of is learning to do things the easy way. Hmm. And I feel like that is a consistent story over the course of my life where I consistently choose to do things the hard way. I'm going into the grocery store and not asking anybody where anything is. 
I've learned a lot of lessons about that over my life, but that doesn't mean that I still don't act in ways that I know I should act in better. Because I was working with a lawyer earlier this year, and he wasn't communicating with me the way I wanted him to communicate with me. So knowing that it would make my life harder <laughs> to like be like, I don't want to work with him anymore, because we just started, we had barely even started the process that we were going through. I was like, nope, don't want to do it anymore. don't want to deal with it. And I was like... I'm going to have to, like, continue this search or I'm going to have to do everything on my own. And afterwards, I kind of felt like I had regrets for doing it that way. Mm. So I was like, I should have just dealt with it so I could take the easy route in this thing that I'm working on that's already very hard for me. Mm. Like, the context of why I needed the lawyer was already something that was very difficult. So not saying that what I did was wrong or it was right. I'm just saying... I think there were a lot of moments where I could have taken that advice in many ways and other moments where I did take that lesson to heart because there were also moments this year where I let people show up for me and support me in ways and like I was just cool with it, you know. So I took the easy route and it's like I don't have to do everything myself. Other people care about me. They show that they care about me in different ways. So I'm going to like allow myself to be open to that support. So I think I could really see, a f- going back to the folktales, I could really see a story centered around folklore that would have some kind of lesson around not doing the hard thing, mm-hmm. like the monkey climbing up the tree to get the bananas this way instead of like shaking the tree for them to come down or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is one that <laughs> reading as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is there any tales that stand out to you that you have already read or that you're looking forward to reading specific titles? I have a book of folklore on my shelf right now that I've been wanting to read that I got when I was in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact title of it. Um, I'll see if I can find it to link it in the description. Going back to your point of, like, doing things, like, the easy way and with the lawyer, one thing that I think about looking back on my life, I have so many regrets. Like, I literally regret everything every day. But then I was thinking about one of my, like, major regrets. And I was like, what if I did the thing that I said I should have done? In this instance, it's, like, the school I should have went to after high school. And I was thinking about it, and I'm just like, the way that you live your life, like, sure, there might be, like, infinite universes where I did go to that other school that I said I should have went to. I was like, hella shit could have went wrong then too. It's like Mm -hmm. when the choice you don't make looks so attractive because you just don't know what is on the other side of the choice, but you do know what happened when you went to the school or didn't drop the lawyer or did drop the lawyer or, you know, broke up or stayed together. Like, you know what happened. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to make the right decision. But then even, like, no matter what decision you make, I do think it's just as right as anything else because, like, a bunch of other shit gonna happen behind every decision. It's like always having a shiny object on the other side, gleaming and attracting you toward it. Or it's just, like, mysterious. You're like, oh, like, well, if I would have went to that school, I would have been whatever the fuck. No, you wouldn't, girl. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back after this ad break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com blueprints. One genre I hope to find something that I really like is, like, Black written thrillers. Because the Black thrillers I've read, I've had super high hopes for them, but they weren't giving what they should have gave for me. And I do believe they're out there. I just haven't encountered them yet. And it's funny, too, because I I feel like with Black thrillers, like, they feel like they have to, like, blacken it up. (laughs) Talk more about that. Like, I feel like the writer has to be talking about hair, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there has to be some deeper complex meaning under the yeah. thrill of it all. Yeah. It has to be, like, racism or, you know what I mean? So, I haven't found a black thriller that I really like. But I feel like it's a, a genre that's, oh, y'all could be eating down. Mm-hmm. So, you said it isn't giving what it should give. What do you think it should give? It should give thrills. It should give plot twist. It should give red herring. Okay. Mm-hmm. It should give. Oh, I could totally see this into being adapted into a movie and being a really great movie. It should give, you know, cultural references that aren't so overt. Another thing that I'm looking forward to, like really diving more deep into, are like the foundational texts of like. Black sociology. So I told you I was reading Black Bourgeoisie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of texts like that that I feel like I just like should have already read, but just haven't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that are referenced a lot in other books that I've reading. So I'm like, oh, I should read 
what these other authors have read so I can like kind of get it. Because I do think like reading is you build upon the canon. So I'm looking forward to reading those books, you know, written in the 20s, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and learning from that perspective. Because like, unfortunately, a lot of these books are still very timely. <laughs> yeah. Same shit going on in, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Is it hard for you to have that understanding as you're reading these older books? No, it isn't. Like you said, there's nothing new under the sun and the and the problems aren't new. And I do think that during those times we had more rigorous thinkers because one, probably like there wasn't much else to do but read. <laughs> read or go plan a plant, right? <laughs> so there's less distraction. So like these people are going to be reading and like thinking more deeply about things. And it shows that like a lot of the solutions that we have just ain't it. And they've been tried and <laughs> been disproven for a lot of things. So it doesn't make me feel bad. It makes me feel like in community with our four mothers and fathers who've passed on, but have like kind of left these directions. So looking forward to that as well. Is there hope in it for you, though? In reading those books? Mm -hmm. I think so. I mean, I'm no like policy person. I'm, you know, a nigga with a mic. <laughs> so I'm going to play my role. <laughs> I would tell people about the books, you know, like, I think there is hope in just understanding, right? Like, even if I'm reading these books and I understand the shit's fucked up and I, I kind of intrinsically know that, but maybe I don't know all the nuances and, and how it is. And like, sometimes I feel like, you know, it'd be the like, mama, I don't want to be woke no more. Like, I'd rather not know about all this stuff. But it's like, being ignorant does look fun. <laughs> there, there's this one tweet that's like, so like, y'all are so dumb and look so happy. <laughs> it's like, they do. But that's that's just not what I want for me. Like, I want to know what's up. Because, like, I feel like the people who do know what's up but want to manipulate others for their own personal gain, they're going to use the fact that you are choosing to be ignorant. Like, you choosing just to, like, be blissful in your ignorance to advance themselves. Are you saying the people who have more access to information are going to exploit people who don't? Is that what you mean? So, for example, like, you know how Jay-Z be on his black capitalism, gentrify your own hood. That nigga knows that's fucking stupid. I believe he knows that's stupid. And I think people go with it because, like, it sounds kind of good. Like, oh, yeah, like, we should own businesses, <laughs> I guess. But then... If you just, like, read, like, one book, you'd kind of realize that Jay-Z is in the business of advancing Jay-Z. <laughs> like, the representation you get from a Black billionaire really ain't doing nothing for you at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But because you feel this kinship of seeing a Black billionaire as opposed to a white one, you let a lot of shit slide that shouldn't slide. I feel like thrillers versus reading some of the foundational texts <laughs> of Black sociology books are two very different pathways. Do you think they'll balance each other out in a way? Yeah, I feel like the thrillers are just for the fun of it all. Mm -hmm. You can read those so quickly, like one day, two days, you know, get it in and out. I do think that the foundational text will outsit with them more. Like, I'm taking notes, you know, I'm trying to make connections. I'm like that meme of the guy with the, the yarn the and the papers, like, this connects to this, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're definitely different. But, you know, I contain multitudes. 
Mm-hmm. I'm a multitudinal guru. Talk about it. So what are you looking to create in the new year? So I mentioned in a past episode that I've been reading about Black nature writers. And I think that in the new year, I like to write for myself. I would like to write more climate fiction. What is that? Um, or eco-fiction or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That is, talks about how the people have been affected by climate and climate change, how people are affecting the environment and all of the consequences of those changes and how people respond to them, how the world changes. Um, these things have been touched on by a lot of people in sci-fi realms. So even if it's not specific to this world, it might be set in the future Mm -hmm. or it might be set on a world that is not this current world. Um, So that shows up in a lot of ways and I'm not really a sci-fi writer, Mm -hmm. but I think taking inspiration from climate fiction, even if it might not be genre under that based on the powers that be that create these genres to sell books. But in general... Climate fiction or more so being in the nature writing realm is something that I want to move into more. I think typically I have a tendency sometimes toward more like historical fiction. Okay. Um, and I'm just now writing more fiction in general. So I think it'll be nice to merge those loves of mine. So when I hear climate fiction, it's given dystopian. Is that what you're thinking of? I don't think I tend to go that catastrophic. Okay. So I don't know if I would say dystopian for what I would like to work on, but it could go in that direction. It could be like, this is what <laughs> this is what the world is like because we're all burning it down right now and we're not changing our behaviors in any large scale ways. That's the only way I could see it going. <laughs> when you talk about the climate, what else could you say? Yeah. I guess I'm thinking more smaller scale. Like and I'm what? also not a climate scientist, so, like, right, right, I couldn't right. even see myself, like, taking on something so enormous as, like, what would it look like if we went back to not using planes mm-hmm. ever again? Like, I think that's a little bit beyond my reach. Yeah, yeah. Mine is more like the destruction of a forest in a specific locale. Mm, it's giving to- Stop Cop City. Hey, <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you cut down a forest and let cops... Run the town. What happens? Some bullshit. And when you say you write, are starting to write more fiction, like, what's the length of this fiction? Is it flash fiction? Like, short story, novella, novel? I really love writing flash fiction, but I think in this case, I'm thinking more around, like, 5,000 to 10,000 words for these stories. Mm, Okay. I think it would be more like a long short story on the 10,000 word end. Okay. Cool. More after the break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Prudential knows that no community is a monolith, and we all have unique financial needs. With black community partners across the nation, Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long and are making a tangible impact. This includes their home city of Newark, where they're actively engaged in building stronger financial foundations. They are dedicated to offering equitable financial services that cater to diverse individual requirements while recognizing our shared goal of wealth building. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Power the dreams of our communities today and future generations tomorrow. Learn more and build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. So, you know, I've been traveling all over the country, talking to so many people about Black bookstores and, like, getting this, like, oral history written down. And so the way my book is organized, it's, like, profiles of these different Black bookstores from 1834 to present, which has been really fun to write for me because trying to make it not repetitive, right? It's, like, everyone does have a really unique story and kind of pulling that out. Because what I found is when I talk to different bookstore owners, especially the ones who are always talking to press, they have their stump speech, right? They have their, I got it out the mud. I didn't know this was going to happen. Oh, I love the community. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. trying to like pull something else out. So that's been really interesting to do. And it's been like, first time I talk to you, this is all you're going to say. So I'm going to call you up again, like, oh, hey, girl, what, what you up to? Oh, yeah, it's just, you know, and, like, try to get them to talk again. Then I'm going to go out to your store. I'm going to fly out to L.A., like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, show me around. And so I've liked this work, but it's also very intensive. I feel the pressure of having to get, like, it all right, you know, because these are people's stories. Like, I don't want to, like, misrepresent anyone. I don't want anyone to say, like, oh, I didn't say that, or you know I mean that. And also, too, I am i don't consider myself a journalist, but what I have been doing is, like, reporting. But, you know, there's, like, journalistic ethics, right? And so I'm also just a really nice girl. And so the girls be telling me all their business, and I'm like, I, are you telling me this to put in the book, or are we just chatting right now? Yeah. So being in my nonfiction bag, reporting but trying to make it interesting has been like a challenge that I found really fun but going into the new year I want to start writing fiction as well which I've never really done 
And I'm really apprehensive about it. Although we do talk about from time to time, when you tell me your stories, I'm like, oh, girl, that would be a good short story. You got to make it into one. That's what people always say. I don't know if y'all guessing me, but so crazy stuff do be happening to me. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this sounds fake. Mm -hmm. People be like, this bitch has a lying problem. Like, I swear it happened. (laughs) So I do want to, like, start getting into, like, short stories. And I really like short story collections that feel like they're like cohesive like definitely not like chapters of a novel but like the characters are like orbiting each other and like it makes sense in in a way like that you want them to be in a shared universe yeah like i had an idea of writing just like which sounds really depressing a short story collection all about my grandpa's funeral Mm -hmm. just from like different people's perspectives but not in a sad way like in a fun funeral way uh, <laughs> I would love to see it. <laughs> I've been to some funerals and never been to a fun one. You've never been to a fun funeral? I've never been to a fun funeral. Have you? I wouldn't say my grandpa's funeral was fun, but it was kind of fun listening to the stories about him because mm-hmm. he's like such an old man and, you know, like old black men are not going to be talking like that. Yeah. So like hearing his like cousin tell stories about him, like, you know, when he was a kid, like who thinks about like, what? You were a kid? How did that happen? Um, so that was fun. So kind of like delving into that is something I've been like saying I'm going to do, but I've been like working on this book and it's like, okay, well, like I'm on deadline for something else. Like I can't be like talking about my grandpa being dead again. But I can see myself like working on that. But I'm apprehensive about it because I've never done any um, fiction. So it's like the world building that's like, how do you build a world? And it's not like even like how you're saying like fantasy or folk lore where it's more imaginative Mm -hmm. but I still really it does not compute for me like how people do do you think once you start building your characters more that the world will show up around them well I think the characters are like my me and my family but you still have to build them on the page though yeah knowing them and then the world is like the world isn't the same as them being on the page see I didn't know that (laughs) have you interviewed your characters have you tried doing that acting as your character and thinking of what they would say in an interview. Or I can do it with you. Acting as me? No. So whoever's your character. So let's say one of your characters is your aunt. Okay. In this interview, you pretend to be your aunt and answer questions how she would answer questions. Okay. And so you would have to be the interviewer and the interviewee if you were doing it on your own. But if you had a partner to do it with you, I could ask you questions. And I could be like, did how you feel at the beginning of the funeral... Was it different than how you felt at the end of the funeral? And then you would answer how your aunt would answer for that story in your short story collection. Um, Yeah, I haven't done any of that. You can do it however you want to. (laughs) I'm not the one who creates your bounds. There are so many different rules for how different people write. You know, everybody will be like, I'm an outliner and I'm not an outliner. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I do all this before I just go into it. I always have the end planned out. Some people are like, I never have the end planned out. I let what happens, happens. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So I've been consuming a lot of like (laughs) TikTok and YouTube about like how to write fiction. And it is just like everyone has like an opinion and they all contradict each other. Yeah. So I think I'll just have to like start. My thing is I'm too I feel like I'm too brief. I feel like when I speak I'm pretty brief. And when I write I'm really brief. Because like I don't wanna like take people's time for granted. So I'll be writing a short story and it'll be like five hundred words. Like girl. That's still a short story. I like the five hundred word range a lot actually. For sure. Because I like flash fiction. 
But I wanted to be short stories, not flash. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote one and I showed it to somebody. They were like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so I had the idea for my grandpa's funeral short stories. And then I also wanted to do a short story on scammers. I remember you telling me about this one. So the scammer one, I had tried to write it. Girl. <laughs> the person I showed it to was trying to be nice, but I could tell it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like, like I knew what I wanted to say, and I just like rushed getting there. That's just called more drafts. Don't be hard on yourself. That's definitely not a thing to do in this craft that you're working in. I'm the you already got to put a lot of yourself in. of being hard on myself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure... You'll find joy in the process, and I hope that I do too. I like this, like, that we're trying to go in different directions in the new year than what we're used to, like, opening ourselves up, building on things that we've already been building on, like, with you and the sociology books and going deeper into that. I think that it's important to be in the present and not to be too focused on, you know, everything being perfect in the new year, it's still really nice to have something to work toward and know that like at any moment, if something calls to us more, then we can go that direction. Oh, for sure. For sure. A little loose outline, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. So you're an outliner. (laughs) Loosely. Loosely. (laughs) Are we ready for roll credits? Yes. Today, I want to give credit to early mornings Mm -hmm. when the air is still... The skies are dark when the birds aren't chirping yet and everything's quiet, that kind of sacred time where it's nice to just not try, not saying that it always happens for me, but try to not be bogged down about the day, about everything that I have to do. When I can take a moment to like ease into the day and to settle into the day, I want to give credit to that, that, that precious part of the day. Mm. Very zen of you. Mm. (laughs) I'd like to give credit to intergenerational friendships. It's funny because I always complain about not having any friends. And I feel like I've made a lot of friends this year, but they're all like in their 70s, 80s, and 90s. People that used to own black bookstores that I've gotten to know over the last two years. So if you're listening, hi, Miss Daphne Muse. Glenderlyn Johnson, who makes sure I do not call her Miss. She does not like that. <laughs> She's a New Yorker and mm-hmm. does not play with me. These people aren't people I would typically like run into, you know? And I think it's, there's so much to learn from intergenerational friendships. I think they learn something from me. And I definitely learn a lot from them and like being in their presence and company. Um, they just lived a lot of life and it's fun that they share some of their stories with me. I love that. I second that, too. I know I can't choose two roll credits, but I'm just going to say. That's been in my life this week as well, so I like that you brought that up. Oh, cool. (laughs) And that's all we have for this week. Bye, y'all. Peace. On Theme is a production of iHeartRadio and Fairweather Friends Media. This episode was written by Eves Jeffco and Katie Mitchell. It was edited and produced by Tari Harrison. Follow us on Instagram at OnThemeShow. You can also send us an email at hello at OnTheme.show. Head to OnTheme.show to check out the show notes for episodes. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.